Welcome to Midlife Mastery Podcast. This is Brock Edwards, and today's going to be a little different. I don't have a guest today, and I just wanted to share something. April 30th, Friday, April 30th, was a fantastic day in my wife and I's lives. As we talk about mastering midlife, a friend of mine talks about being fit in all areas of life. That's how he thinks about things. That's how he approaches it. Not just physically fit, but mentally fit, spiritually fit, financially fit, emotionally fit every area of our lives, having that extra capacity to do things, having the built up a foundation of strength. Anyway, uh, a long time goal was accomplished on Friday. And that is my wife and I became debt free and it was very anticlimactic, but so much work went into that. And I wanted to share just how we did that, our approach and hopefully there's something you can take from it. I actually hesitate to share this because yeah, money's kind of a weird thing to talk about. Well, talking about money is kind of like talking about diets, right? There are some people who uh, definitely have some firmly held opinions, in fact, uh, beliefs. Some have a near religious level of belief around the best approach to money. And so, let me tell you what this episode is not before we get into our approach to becoming debt-free. First off, this is not financial advice. This is not investment strategy. Your situation is different than my situation. Your money is not my money. Spend your money as you will. And I have like no qualifications to be giving any kind of financial or investment advice. So it's not that. This episode is not about how to maximize returns or how I got rich quickly or even how I got rich slowly. It's not about retiring early. Really, if you, this is only about, in fact, it's not even the best way to go debt free, right? Because I don't know the best way to go debt free. All I know is what we did and what worked for us after years and years and years of trying. And so that's what I want to share. If you listen to this and tell me, wow, Brock, this is stupid. You know, I have a better way than you do, Brock. And well, I'll agree with you. You will get no argument from me. There's probably a better way out there. In fact, when it comes to anyone else's particular situation, there's probably definitely a better way out there. You know, like I say, it, it, in, to me, in my mind, it's a lot like diets. You know, there are some key principles that seem to work across people, but everyone's situation is different. And what works really well for one person might not work at all for another. And so please feel free to ignore anything that you disagree with in what I'm about to talk about. And so with all those caveats out of the way, I mean, I guess I will add that, you know, people do have a lot of opinions about money and I'm really not interested in hearing about what I should have done. You know, there are a lot of routes to becoming debt-free, including some arguments that debt-free isn't the best option that maybe there's other things you could be doing with your money versus paying down debt. I, I get that, I, but I don't care. I am only sharing with you our path, the path that made the most sense for us. So I, I hate having to put all these caveats out there, but I, I do just want to be really clear. I am only sharing what worked for us. And also, I want to mention that when I talk about becoming debt-free, I am not including house. For us, we actually don't, don't have a mortgage. We're paying rent right now. That's a totally different conversation on which is best, which is worse. It works for our situation because of some very specific things happening. So anyway, it's not about that. But consumer debt, credit cards, cars, student loans, all those sorts of things, debt-free there. So 
Actually, I, I do want to, you know, one question might be why choose to be debt free? Well, I can, I, I can only share with you why I chose to be debt free. One is that being highly leveraged and carrying a lot of debt load works really well until it doesn't. And, and I say that from my own experience that, you know, living at the edge of your credit limit, you know, you can buy a really nice life that way, except there's no cushion for unexpected expenses. And turns out there's a lot of expenses that are either unexpected or so infrequent that we don't plan for them. That living at the, being highly leveraged removes flexibility. And I've noticed that it, it removes options if the employment situation changes. So if you're living to paycheck to paycheck and suddenly you don't have a paycheck, don't have many options. Also, it, well, it, it does provide options another way in that being highly leveraged for me makes me feel trapped. And I've had a few situations, a few jobs where I stayed with jobs because the pay was too good to leave, but it did make me feel trapped and it made me feel optionless. And I really worried and I, I felt stuck and it affected my job performance even. It affected my, my mental health, you know, my mindset. And so I will just say that for me, the golden handcuffs kind of suck. Now, I would rather be paid more than be paid less, definitely, but having to be paid more and not having the option to step out, to step into something less, to have a cushion where I can go explore other options. Should I need to, for me, that, that that's kind of, kind of, I don't know. It, it's risky it, for me. It kills my freedom, my autonomy, my independence. Those three things are super duper important to me. They may not be important to you. You may have other priorities, uh, but they are very, very important to me. And so it just, it's hard for me to live, live like that. Now I've lived like that, like all my life, but it's weighed on me like all my life too. So I will also say that we've been working on paying off debt for quite a while now. And it comes in fits and spurts. Like we'll get really focused on it and then we won't be focused on it. And then we'll get really focused on it. And then we won't be focused on it. You know, kind of like a lot of people do with, with diet and exercise, you know, we get really motivated and then we lose our way and then we get really motivated and then we lose our way. So, you know, for, for us, we'd been working on for a while, but when the pandemic hit and there became this fear of a global recession, when that started to loom, we got very serious very quickly because my wife and I were both in jobs that stood a chance of being cut. It turns out they weren't, you know, we were fine, but we got very aggressive about freeing up some, some financial space to create some options for us. If one, if one of us lost our job. And so I'm going to share with you our approach and our approach was Really, we use what's called the snowball approach. And other people have talked about this a lot. They've talked about it better than I can talk about it. But basically, we just figured out what our typical monthly spending was. And then any money that we had extra, we focused on paying down one particular debt. And for us, we started with the smallest debt first. Now, some people will say, well, no, you should start with the highest interest rate first. Okay, I, I get that. That actually makes mathematical sense. Unfortunately, as much as I would like to believe I'm a 100% rational person, psychologically, it just felt better to pay off 
to see progress. And so by starting with the smallest debt first, we were able to see some quick progress and just have, you know, have a debt off the books. And so that's the approach we took. And so as soon as, you know, that we took, took the extra money that we had, applied it to one, one bill, paid minimum on the others. As soon as that one was paid off, we took all of that money and applied it to the next one until that one was paid off, took all that money. So each time we're, we're, plowing more and more money in and which is why it's called the snowball approach, right? If you roll snowball down a mountain, then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now in the past, we, we tried this and really it didn't work because we would kind of waffle between paying down debt building savings and building up investment and retirement funds. And it's really hard to do all those three things at the same time. And, and basically what we ended up was doing none of it well, and often ended up with less debt and more savings. Now, there's an old line out there, at least I'm going to modify an old line that, you know, the best way to get out of debt is not to go into debt in the first place. That comes from a I think a strength coach who once said, said that, you know, the, the best way to lose fat is to not get fat in the first place. Yeah. It, you know, thank you, Captain Obvious. But, you know, there's a lot of truth there. Now, unfortunately, we were in debt. So we had to find another way to, to get out. And what we found is that when we got super focused on paying debt over savings, well, we'd get unexpected bills. So the car would need tires, air conditioning would go out in the house, other home repairs would come up or we, you know, doctor's bills. There's all kinds of things that come up in life, you know, get travel for vacation, Christmas gifts, whatever it was that, well, we didn't have any savings, right? Because we're putting all the money towards debt. And so we'd end up just putting more debt on and we'd have to put it on the credit. And so I mean, we had some success with it, but it was really limited. So this time we did a few things different. These are fairly minor things, fairly subtle things, but for us, they worked really, really well. And one of the things that we did was with that, that extra money left over that we were putting towards a bill, we took part of it each month and put it towards savings automatically. So, you know, we just had X amount of dollars set to automatically go into savings every month. And that way our savings would grow. It, we had a cushion built up and we could cover any unexpected expenses out of savings versus having to go to credit. And for us, that, that was really, really powerful because in part, I personally think a lot harder about the options and best solutions and what we can get by with all that. If it's coming out of savings, if it's actual, you know, cash versus just adding more credit. And so not only do we spend less there, we think harder about it, but we're not adding credit to it. So that worked really, really well. And we were still continually building savings up. That was really nice. Another thing that, that I did, and these are in no particular order, was uh, just create a balance sheet. And, and so each month I could see the impact on our on our net worth. And that allowed me to see both short-term progress within the long-term vision. So, you know, it's one of those things, you really can't make that much progress in a month. In 18 months, you can make way more progress than you would think you could make. And so for me, it was, I stayed motivated seeing debt go down, net worth go up each month. And that also gave me something long-term to shoot for. We could kind of see that date. It was all going to be paid off. The third thing we did was give ourselves a small amount of discretionary money each month. So uh, for me, 
if I don't have just a little bit of money that I can spend on whatever I want to spend it on, well, that just doesn't work with how my brain works. So I either end up just feeling stressed and feeling poor and feeling frustrated and, you know, resenting our budget and resenting our spending plan, or I will just buy small things and you know, just slip them in, which just kind of nickel and dimes and goes against the strategy that we're working on. And I find when I'm slipping small things in and if I don't keep track of them, it's easy to spend a lot more money than I thought I was spending at the, at the end of the month. So by having kind of a, a discretionary amount, that worked really, really well for me, even just in for us, you know, it was a hundred bucks. So enough that if I wanted something big, I could save up for it or if I just wanted to, you know, buy another book, buy a magazine, what, whatever it was, see something on the internet that I wanted to purchase. Yeah, I, I could get it. And, and I, it didn't affect any part of our plan. So having that small amount of discretionary set aside just for me worked really, really well. And we also took any unplanned money, any unexpected money that we received. So income tax refund, stimulus checks as they came through, what, what, whatever. All of that went toward accelerating the pay down. Now, as I mentioned, you know, we were in a very fortunate place. We did not lose our jobs. I know a lot of people struggled way more. We feel very, very blessed to be in the state we were in. And so that was the approach that, that we used. So just whatever money came in that we weren't anticipating just went toward bills to accelerate the plan. And those little bumps along the way made a really, really big difference. And, you know, sometimes it was even just selling something out of the garage, getting rid of an old mower, those kinds of things, you know, a few hundred bucks here and there also just made a small difference. And it's nice to see it accelerate, right? That end date move up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Also, one of the things that we did, and this is very, very specific to our situation, but I made some stupid decisions around the car I purchased and was upside down in it for four and a half years. And as soon as I was able to break even and didn't have to come out of pocket to get rid of it, I did. And that instantly made us $10,000 richer, or at least it got rid of $10,000 of debt like that. And I replaced it with a car that I could pay cash for, would get me to work, no problem. Not near as nice, but different priorities now than when I bought that car. That was also a huge chunk coming off of the debt right there. Just getting rid of some things that really didn't, didn't need or could replace with something cheaper. And one of the things that I found about car loans is for us, that's one of the things that really kept us trapped, right? We need a car, we need to get to work. And when we're upside down the car, we can't get rid of it. So we always have to make the money to cover the car payment. So that is just a huge load off my mind. Again, you may be wired differently, more power to you. For me, it weighed on me a lot. Also, when we did our budget, we never felt deprived. So we, you know, our spending plan allowed spending enough to be comfortable. So it wasn't eating just, you know, beans and rice and ramen noodles. You know, we could live fairly comfortably. It wasn't Spartan. It wasn't extravagant. Basically, we decided on a, on a lifestyle that may be more Spartan than some live, maybe a little more extravagant than others live. But for, for us, we could stay comfortable. We didn't feel super deprived. And yet we knew we were making progress. Now, 
again, this is just kind kind of what we did. So actually, I want to recap those really quick. So we use a snowball approach, right? A lot of people have talked about that. What worked for us differently this time was making sure we had a little bit going into our savings each month, enough that it could build a cushion for expenses that came up unexpectedly. We, I did a balance sheet just so I could look at what our net worth was each month. We gave ourselves a small amount of discretionary money. So there was enough to have some freedom to buy stuff that we wanted to buy without really worrying about it, but not so much that we could go crazy with it or that it really impacted the overall spending plan. Any unexpected money that came in, well, we we just added that to paying paying off the bills. We got rid of a, a car that we were upside or as soon as we were no longer upside down in it. And that just got rid of a car payment instantly took a whole bunch of debt off. That was awesome. And because we'd been putting money into savings, we had enough built up that we could buy a pretty inexpensive used car for cash. Also, we just made sure that our spending plan included enough that we never felt truly deprived. Like we knew we were working towards it, but it wasn't like super Spartan lifestyle. And so, and again, so that's the summary of it. I know some will say that, hey, you know, really the better plan is that, you know, if you can get a better return on investment through investments, you know, better rate of return than your interest rate on your debt, it's better to take that money and buy investments versus paying off debt. Okay. I, I kind of get that, but that's not my priority and that's not our approach. And that's not really what this is about. And some may say that, you know, they have a quicker or different, better route to paying off debt. Awesome. I get that too. And like I said, at the beginning, I will agree with you. Your way is better. No arguments there because you know what works for you. This is just the approach that really worked for us. And I know, like I say, there are are some very strong opinions and beliefs around money and debt and investment and all that and what you should do and the best thing. And I'm not sharing the best way. I'm only sharing the way that worked for us. And so actually, when we think about, I would love to hear from you. And so if you are debt-free or you are on the way and you can see that end goal in mind, I would love to hear, please share your tips and approaches. What worked well or is working very well for you. Like I say, this is not the only way. I'm not even convinced it's the best way. It's just what worked for us. And I would love to be able to share with with listeners what worked for other people. What other tips do you have that, that made it good for you? Now, within that, I'm not interested in theories. I'm not interested in what someone read on Reddit or other corners of the internet. I'm not interested in what their third cousin's neighbor thinks about that I'm not. So, you know, it's just, yeah, I want to hear from those who have done it, those who are living it, not just those who have an opinion about it. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. I say, uh, this is just a a different episode, but I think that, you know, the, when we talk about mastering midlife, when we talk about the financial components, well, financial component is one part of mastering midlife. And, And I don't know what your ideal looks like. I don't know what's best for you. This is just something I wanted to share because it's something in my life that we've been working on really, really hard and are excited to have done and want to share just 
what worked about it for us? Will we always be debt-free? I sure hope so. We went through a lot to get here, but who knows what the future holds. But I do know that we now have cushion to deal with whatever the future holds. And so that's very, very encouraging. And is just, for me, it's a weight off my mind that I, I feel like that by going debt-free, there is greater stability and greater flexibility. And both of those things are really, really important to me. I have no desire to change up my life right now. Things seem to be going good, but I know that life changes quickly. And so just want to be ready for it. So anyway, thank you very much for, for listening and joining me on this journey. Like I say, I would love to hear in the comments. Please share this if you know someone who would be really interested in it. And if you think it would benefit them. And of course, like I say, if you are on your way, I would love to hear what's working for you. And yeah, let's leave it at that. Now let's get started.